Two giant goofballs is shot live in front of a streaming audience. Welcome to Two Giant Goofballs, a New York Giants podcast. Are you a goofball that loves Giants football? If so, sit back and relax. Except you, that person driving. Sit up and keep your eyes on the road. Your ears, though, can still listen as we talk about the team that both excites and frustrates us so much. And now, now, here are your goofball hosts, Drew and Rob. Welcome, fellow goofballs, to Two Giant Goofballs and your Giants podcast. I am Drew, joined as always by... I'm me, I'm Rob. All right, let's talk about some secondaries. Yes, and I apologize ahead of time, as you can all probably tell very easily, my throat is just a little bit messed up right now. So, yeah, but we're, we're going to go through. We're going to chug on through. I got some water here. We're going to get this going. Today. We, we we don't we haven't missed one episode ever. We did delay it by one day once ever. That's it. We don't go. There's no the IR for the goofballs. There's no IR for the goofballs. The show must okay. go on. Yeah, we're not we're not Darren Waller. We can't keep going on there. <laughs> so today, guys, we have our last in our series of the state of the team. Here, going over the secondary, going over the corners, the safeties, the last line of defense, literally on the defense. So. Let's start it off here with going over the corners. And it's an interesting group because it was kind of a transition year, if you think about it. You know, we've had Adoree Jackson have the last three years as being our top corner. Um, you know, we'll get right into it with him. 14 games, 14 starts. So, as usual, missed a couple of games due to injury. Um, 63 tackles, one interception, which happened to be a touchdown. Uh, but only a 48.6 PFF grade, guys. He was definitely not himself last year. Um, no, he was definitely fighting through a lot of that injury. Like, he was – that – they moved him, like, you know, who was outside the slot. Or, like, he was kind of playing different roles. Yes, I will definitely out. agree on that. That was part of it. That was definitely part of it. But I also wonder, is some of it maybe his age? I mean, he's 28 years old now. He's been a guy who's dependent on his speed his whole career. Let's be honest, he's not a great tackler. But he's got great physical tools. Those physical tools will go over time. So when you yeah. lose your physical tools, what you're left with is your technique. And if you don't have good technique, your career will not be long. So, um, you know, Dory Jackson obviously is a free agent. We've already talked about this many times on this show that we don't think he's any back. Um, that's been kind of verified by some of the beat writers lately. Uh, but, you know, we, we've been calling that basically since last offseason where they didn't really do much to try to get an extension going with him there. Uh, plus, obviously, you know, a certain draft pick we'll talk about in a minute made that pretty obvious as well on top of that. So, yeah, yeah, great three-year run for Adoree. He definitely caught, falls into that category of once a giant, always a giant. A lot of respect for the guy, what he did here. But I, I do think, yeah, it is time to move on because if you sign him, let's say another three-year contract, he'll be 31, guys, 31. Now, don't get me wrong, he's not going to the same money he got from us in his next contract. But, yeah, he's definitely not going to be, you know, the same player towards the end of that contract. If he's not even now, we don't know. Was it the injuries? Was it the move from slot to outside to all these things? You know, or was it just he's 28? We don't know. Yeah, he's uh, he's been injury prone, you know, trying to take that kick return last year. Definitely say, at least it wasn't a punt return this year, right? Yeah, yeah. It definitely didn't help his speed game, you know, with the, the knee injury. So, I mean, yeah. it's 
it's tough to say. Like he may still have a couple good years left in the tank, but does he have three? Probably that's not. a that's a solid question to ask. And like not unless he moves years. to safety. And with his tackling ability, I don't think he's gonna get, be a guy who turns to safety. I think he's a guy who has a, a somewhat shorter career because of that, honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> unless he really works in that. I mean, the guy's a hard worker. There's no doubt on that. For whatever reason, he's just never been a good tackler. So well the problem know. is and like you said it too, like he's got that physical ability. So he didn't yep. have to get technical. So a lot of guys, especially like when they're gifted, these high abilities to be very physical. And it's also his size though. He's five foot ten, 185 pounds, guys. I was that size in middle school. Yeah, but not everyone's uh, a, a freaking giant over there. But not everyone's <laughs> NFL size either. You're right. I mean, so, just with this way, I'm like 235 at 5'10. So Adore and I, I, yeah. He probably yeah, couldn't jack me. He got 50 pounds on the man. The he same probably height. couldn't jack on me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's part of the issue with him is he's, he's just so light. So, you know. Adore, you know, like I, said, I live in New Jersey. I'll show you some technique. Like I said, I, I hope his uh, I hope his career goes for a little while longer there because I, I like the guy. I respect the work he put in. I just think he's kind of on the tail end there. Uh, next up is the guy whose career is just beginning. Our first round pick of this past uh, NFL draft there, Deontay Banks, 15 games, 15 starts, 64 tackles, two interceptions, and a 51.4 PFF grade. So an actual better grade than Adore Jackson. And I think the, the whole story of him really is when he was CB2, he looked really good. When he was CB1, he looked really bad. Really bad. I think it's an unfair statement. He did not look good, and you can say bad, but very bad. Maybe a game, but I don't even say the full game because there's plenty of times where I mean, like you said, CB two, he looked pretty darn good. So he's been in that roller coaster, but he's also a rookie. It's his first year. Oh yeah, and listen, we've talked so about this before. It's a learning curve position he's playing. Most corners are are not going to go ahead and. You know, be Sauce Gardner their first year like Sauce was. I mean, that just that's insane to even think that. I think part of the problem is because a lot of the big names that came out the year before, like Sauce, um, you know, like Tyreek Woolen, you know, you got guys that came out and just balled as rookies. That's not normal. So, yeah, no, definitely not normal. So, I mean, I, I think I think the future is bright for him. I think he's a legitimate NFL corner. What we're going to find out in the next year or two is. Is he a number one corner? Is he a top corner? And that's what we're going to find out here. I don't have the answer for that yet. I don't think anyone here does. We're just specifying what we think. So I, I think that he can be a number one, but I'm not 100% positive he's going to be. Yeah, it's also we got to think about it too. So he was drafted by the last, right? So Wink and Friends, if you will, who, you know, they like that zoning corner. So, and that's what Banks was. He was a physical, yep. athletic guy that was pretty good in the zone, or pretty good man, I should say. Um, now we got a new defensive corner. Like, can he continue that trait? Like, will he look good? Will he be better? Well, I think if you look towards the end of the season, and I think this was a lot of the fight going on, Wink, honestly, is we talked about this before in the show as well. There's a lot more zone coverage going on there towards the end of the season. You saw Banks play better. You saw McKinney play better. You saw Dean Belton making some big plays. I think yeah. as much as Wink wanted to play that you know, all-out attack, leave the secondary on their own, 
I don't think this team is built for that. I think this team is built yeah. for your pass rushers or your pass rushers and your, you know, your pass defenders or your pass defenders. And for whatever reason, Wink just didn't want to go there. But I mean, again, that doesn't shock me. That's what Wink did over in Baltimore. That's what he is. It's who he is. Yeah. He does not bend what he wants to do. So, you know, hopefully going forward, that's not a problem now with the new DC. But I think you're going to see a mix and match between man and zone coming up this year. But Shanks can do both, and he can do both very well. He's proven that. Yes. He's a very athletic guy who's pretty smart. He's, he's proven that he can learn the position and different traits pretty yep. well with his abilities yep. and his athleticism. So. All righty. Next up, we got a guy that I, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not, I'm not putting this in order like I usually do based on percentage of defensive snaps or offensive snaps. Obviously, in this case, defensive. I'm actually putting this in order of importance, I think, to the team. And the next up we have is a free agent that I think we got to bring back. And that's Nick McLeod. 17 games, three starts, 28 tackles, one interception. Only played in 28% of defensive snaps, guys. That's a low percentage for a guy that we thought might be starting at safety even this year. He lost out the job to Jason Pinnock, but you know went back to playing more of a corner role. Guys, he had a 74.8 PFF grade. Again, PFF is not everything. It's not the end all of all, you know. But if you look, he had by far the best grade of any of our corners in this entire year. And he's a guy that, again, he's versatile. He plays a lot of positions. And I think he was underutilized big time last year. I'm a big Nick McLeod fan. It's not just because of 23. It's because of what he did in 22. He came out of nowhere. And when he had to, he hung his own as a corner. He did his job. He did a good job, I thought. And every time I hear his name, I think about the Highlander. McLeod! Here we go. <laughs> Can't do yeah. that my voice right now. That's about to say. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> why, why would I even try to do Queen? I'm sorry, Freddie Mercury, wherever you are. Yeah. You definitely can't yeah. hit that note at this time. But yeah, not many guys. McLeod... I can't even hit that note with a good throw. Let's be honest. Touche. Uh, but yeah, Nick McLeod had a great 23. And like you said, 22 out of nowhere. He came out and yep. he has proven himself to really need to be a giant next year. <laughs> yeah. And and it's not like he's going to be an expensive piece. No, I can't imagine that. You know, I think there's got to be a certain level of respect he has for this team and this front office, because keep in mind, again, two years. So he was brought in by this front office. He wasn't a Gettleman guy. He was a Shane guy. And he was brought in off the streets, basically after Pittsburgh cut him, and they gave him a chance, and he took the best opportunity he could with that chance. So, you know, kudos to him. It doesn't go all on Shane and Dable at that point and Wink. But, you know, when you get a guy that you give a shot to and he succeeds, not only do you want to keep him because you feel a certain bit of, you know, ownership of that. And obviously, I don't mean me and Rob, but I mean the two yeah. the Giants, obviously, in that. It wasn't us. I wish I'd take credit <laughs> for that. Um, but, I would think I would think Nick McLeod also would want to stay here because when you go to places and you don't succeed and you go somewhere else and you do succeed, two things. One, like you said, there's a respect. There's definitely that. But here's the second thing, and I get it. Athletes are also very, very cocky. Very cocky. And that's fine. They've been the best at what they do for years. But at the same point, they're also very superstitious and they're always worried about change. There's a reason people give a hometown discount. It's not because they don't like money. It's because they're succeeding where they're at, and they don't want to mess that up. And it's 
is the grass always greener on the other side? No. Yes, you might make more money, but it's not just athletes. People do it in general. Like, oh, but I'm saying, how gonna... often do you see somebody move to a different place and all of a sudden the success is not there? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, same thing in careers with people uh, oh, yeah. that just listen to this podcast and watch the NFL. Like, there's plenty of people that won't take that 10,000, 15,000 year pay increase because they know what they got, they know what they're doing. Some, Wait, hold some on, fifteen thousand a year increase. I'm in there. Where, what kind of job is this? I'm just saying, some people won't do it. I mean, <laughs> they just they know what they're doing. My boss is listening. It's been a good ride. <laughs> My boss is listening. Please, fifteen thousand dollars to pay increase, matching or else. <laughs> um, next up, we got a guy that I have such mixed thoughts on. Really, I really do. So he was the star of training camp. The absolute star. Like People are like, oh my god, the Giants got a lead round stud. I mean, it wasn't just Giants beat reporters. This was like national news. Trey Hawkins the third. Now, when Trey got drafted, he was drafted to be a project. He was not a guy who had all this huge amount of experience. You know, he, he played just a little bit there at Old Dominion. Before that, he played at Trinity Valley. Does anyone know where Trinity Valley is? No, by of course three, we don't. By the three points? Yeah, no. I'd have to look it up myself even more. That's how bad it is. So, you know, he's just, he doesn't have a ton, a ton of experience. And even Old Dominion is not a powerhouse team. So you expect when you get a guy late around from a small school that came from an even smaller school that you're going to have to spend some time and develop this guy. And if there's one guy on this roster that I trust of coaches. It's Jermaine Henderson. I'm so glad we kept him. I'm so glad we gave him a a, a title increase and probably a pay increase to go with because I, yeah. I have a lot of respect for that man. I thought he actually should have been defensive coordinator. We'll see if Shane Bowen proves me wrong in that one. But um, you know, he he's a he's a guy that look at the secondary guys. It hasn't been an issue. Of all the issues we've had in this roster, and there's been plenty of them, mostly the offensive line I know. A lot. But <laughs> For all the issues we've had, the secondary has not been an issue for multiple years now. They've held their own. Whether it shows up stat-wise or not, it shows up on film. Because sometimes they're given a place because nobody's got to the quarterback in 10 seconds. You know, they cover for so long. Yeah. So, Trey Hawkins, though, 17 games, 3 starts, 35 tackles, 0 interceptions, 52.6 PFF grade, 31% of the defensive snaps. And my only concern with him is we came in with such high hopes, all because of the media. And I'm not blaming the media when I say it that way. He looked that good in practice. Like they're just telling us what they saw for whatever yeah, reason. Mean, it didn't translate to the regular season. I mean, and it really looked bad at times. I mean, us as Giants fans as well, we always take on those project piece players. This is the next coming of Joe Montana. Or this is next, you know, Joe Montana? <laughs> Joe Montana. You're going back to Joe Montana here, huh? Just trying to do the Waterboy reference there, but. <laughs> but anyway, but I mean, even, we, even we, like, everyone jumps on board. They see the project player playing well in the preseason, and everyone goes crazy. They're like, look at this guy. He's the next coming. He's going to be the next great guy in the corner position. He's going to be the stud. <laughs> There's that Joe Montana. <laughs> but, and that's what happened. And it, like the whole media got caught up in it. Oh, uh, yeah. National. Everyone, national everyone. But, but just like you said, where's old, you know, point out old dominion on the map, <clears throat> close your eyes, point it out, and then tell me where, you know, I know, I know the his, band, and tell me where's the, you know, it's a good band. Tell me where his uh, other school was as well. Like, that's what I'm saying. 
I mean, he had no idea. Nobody's so, heard of, like, but. well, as I'm saying, no one really knew what he actually really was, and he comes in, and no. he's playing NFL and level, but well, if level? you like, if you listen to guys who coached him in college, <clears throat> and I listened to a couple interviews that some guys had with the, his college coaches when we drafted him, he was he was said to be a project by them. Even he came in very very raw to Old Dominion, very raw. So three years at Old Dominion, he's still raw, guys. He's still raw. And he's getting the best coaching he's ever had. And I'm hopeful in a year or two, he's a legitimate piece of the secondary. Now, how far does he go up? I don't know. I'm not going to set a, a ceiling or a floor of this kid because, you know, he could become a starter. He could become, you know, a, a bust in a couple of years. We don't know. We got to find out. It's that high of a range. So yeah, when you take him with sixth round, it's worth Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> he, he was. That's when you get projects. Looking at you, Eric Gray. That was fifth round. <laughs> I'm just, I just like to mock him. I'm telling you, Eric Gray's never going to come on the show, that's for sure. Eric Gray will never. Then again, I said that last year for the Scottish Hammer, and yeah, he would come in now. Probably please. would. He's like, they love me. They love me now. Um, Get in, please. <laughs> next up, Cordell Flott, who was the who, what, 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 who we get? Will we get drafted in the third round a couple of third years Third round. And I'll never forget, because this was before you and I started doing the podcast, and I was listening to Talking Giants do it. And I will always associate this moment with this man. And it was friend of the show, uh, you know, for, former guest star on the show there, Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants, who came on to their live feed. And when he heard his Cordell Flott, he got so ticked off, he left the room. Because he's like, I put so much work into knowing all these players. I have no notes in this guy. He's a fifth or sixth round grade I had him. <laughs> and we yeah. took him in the third. And a lot of people had him that high, that little of a grade, really. Third, that was a reach, but a lot of people's eyes. But I think he's done better than we expected based on that reach. Now, has he done third round good? I don't know about that. I would say he's probably done more fourth round good. He's been a decent backup, but a third yeah. round should be pushing for a starting job. Now, he did have seven starts last year, 14 games overall, uh, 36 tackles, one interception, a 53.3 PFF. Played at fifty six percent of the defensive snaps, but while he got the opportunities, I can't say he did anything great to take a spot. I mean, let's be very frank and say they want to hand this kid a job. They drafted him. They want to say, "Here you go, Flod. Here's your job. We want you on the field doing this and doing it often." That's what happens when the team but, that drafted you is still there at the at, at, on, on the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I guess new DC, new uh, new opinions. We'll see what happens going forward because I mean. Flott. I don't know because you got Henderson still there. That's the interesting part about having a new DC. <clears throat> It'll be a new scheme, but you'll still have the same position coach. The only position coach is that change for linebacker. Touche. You're right. Smart, smart, smart on and held on to Henderson, and obviously Andre Patterson is another guy we have a lot of respect for. But I'm, I'm curious to see what this change does to Cordell Flott as well. Because if I remember correctly, this is what year three, four now for him? He's getting to that point now where time to put up or shut up. And if he does, yeah, so two years in. So, yeah, three year three. Let's say it's his third year it's coming up. And year three is that usually that year where you know what you got. Yeah. You give it to one or two years to kind of develop. Year three, it's time to show who you are, or that's who people just think you are now. Yeah. Looking at you, Evan Neal, Burger <laughs> Flipper. Yeah. He's going to be working at Wendy's in no time, getting that surge going on. Yeah, surge pricing. Like or, uh, oh, even better. Did you hear what Burger King did? What would they do? And they're not letting people have it their way without a charge. Oh no! With that big response, 
I have to look in the details, but they're giving away whoppers. Giving away whoppers. Yeah. So they heard the the surge about the Wendy's and the price frames that I'm I think intrigued. there's they they're going to be giving away whoppers. So I'm intrigued. I am getting at that. Evan Neal, Burger King is going to need more line cooks to flip those burgers. No, no, no. no. You, Actually, you, don't flip, you, you don't flip the burgers at Burger King. I've worked at one when I was a kid. You actually just put it on a, 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 a conveyor belt, and it just rolls down and spits it back out. If you look at the oh. burger out of Burger King burger, it's got one side of the lines, and that's it, which is the little sign you put up. So if you take off the flip it, put the bottom butt off, you'll see no lines at the bottom of the burger. It's literally, it's literally on the fire for a total of two minutes. It's just they use fire to reheat it. That's it. I'm giving away all the yeah. trade seekers. I didn't sign an NDA, goddammit. That's also now, fast food. I will all say it's like 20 years ago I worked for them, so who knows what's changed since then. And it's also fast that food. That's, what, that's yeah. Yeah, what fast food reheated. Let's get to somebody else who might be working in yeah. fast food soon. Darnay Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, that's a great segue. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, let's be honest here. The guy has somehow made it on this roster now. Was it five years now? I mean, like, we, we thought no way in hell would he come back last year, and somehow he did. I mean, this is a guy that when he got drafted, Neon Dion Sanders, Coach Sanders, said this was going to be the best slot corner in the draft. There was a lot of people that thought very highly of him. He just never has lived up to it. What he is very good at is holding calls. He can get a holding call like no other. He's very <laughs> good at that. Um, but yeah, oh no, it's four years. So now it's, this is the end of his rookie year is what it is. I knew he was a free agent. Yeah, he took the pay cut last year. That's what it was to stay on the roster. So That's right, yeah. Yeah, I think I, it's, it's, it's got to be time to move on, guys. I mean, it's got to be time to move on. I mean, we got two corners in the draft. I know we, we're, we're getting rid of, you know, two guys now, potentially this year now, Dory Jackson and Darnie Holmes. Hey, just saying, the math makes sense. Yeah. The math makes sense. Get two more this year. We'll be math. good. Math. We have, to, we have to do the math. Yeah, the weird thing is the PFF grade wasn't that bad, but it was a very small sample size. 16 games, no starts, 18 tackles, two interceptions, 63.9 PFF grade, but just 12% of the defensive snaps. And like I said, I'm just I'm at the point where I'm just I'm done with it. Let him go. Let him go somewhere else. Let him get defensive holding calls somewhere else. Let's move on. I'm not against it. Yeah. I mean, unless you're desperate. I mean, if you're desperate, he knows the defense. I guess it could be somewhat worse. But I just it, I just put it this way: if he can, if he comes back for a fifth season, something went wrong. Most likely, or you get him at a cheaper deal. But listen, I I don't care about cheapness at this point. I want quality. I want quality. Until we um, have to talk about the cap. Listen, at some point, he has to figure out how to do it. It is what it is. The Saints, Wait, are 80, uh, Saints are $83 million over the cap every year before free agency to still sign freaking multi-million dollar contracts. Kick so, can down the road a long way. And they keep kicking it, and they never have a problem. Obviously, it's working. Just saying. Until it's not. Yeah. Look at the quarterback. <laughs> every so, every listen, look at our quarterback. Those in glass houses. Yeesh. Literally a glass house with that neck. Mm, <laughs> which one? <laughs> Both. Um, next up, we got two guys who really didn't even play the whole year. Aaron Robinson, A Rob, who remember was the uh, for those of you guys who've been with us since the very beginning, was the source of my hatred in during throughout the entire preseason in twenty two. Uh, was you know looked like one of those like gates you put up to the saloon in the old Wild West. People just went on by him and no problem at all. Uh, I mean, when you look bad in preseason, that's an issue. That's an issue. Like yeah. I'm not even talking he, like bad against starters. Like bad, bad. Like you're so bad that kept you into the backups and you still look bad. 
That's yeah. where Aaron Robinson was. He got better as the season started, but then I got was about hurt. to say somehow like he put on like a little show. Like it was I don't know. He looked better. He looked worse playing against third string receivers than once the actual season started. Now I will say this. I don't mind bringing him back on a prove it deal if we had that option. If nobody wants to give him any guaranteed money, he's still 25 years old. You know, he's he's shown some ability in the past, but I can't trust him to stay healthy. And that's the problem. So it's either he cuts down his, you know, his contract to where it's no guaranteed money and a minimum deal, or he's gone. Because, you know, if you look look at his track record in three seasons, sorry, two seasons, he had nine games his rookie year, two games his sophomore year. And then this was a wash. There was no season basically for him. So you're talking, what, 34, 50 possible games he could have played in. He's played in 11. Yeah. You can't tie up roster on that. You can't. And we but talked about him. It's super corny, but the best ability is availability. It's, it's, it's legit. You, I mean, you could have the unicorn Darren Waller, but if he's not playing for you, what good is he? And we talked about uh, Aaron Robinson, obviously, on our uh, off-season plan episode, which if you haven't watched it, you should. Just saying. It's great or if you haven't listened, depending on what you're on. Um, but his current cap hit right now is $1.6 million, and we save almost $1.4 by cutting him. There's no way in hell we don't cut him unless he goes, unless he restructures the deal. And goes down to a nothing contract. We already paid him $1.4 million last year to sit in the hospital. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I mean, he also sat on sidelines. I'm sure he sat in some couches. Like, it wasn't just a hospital. Now, you know what's interesting? When I Googled him, his age was 25. When I go over the cap, his age is 27. I -hmm. thought he was a little bit older when we got him. But I'm curious. I'm going to take a look at this again. Born in 1998. Yeah, he's 25. So over the cap. Over the cap is wrong. Well, it's November. <laughs> so over the cap is just wrong. That's why I want to check to see. Yeah, so it'll right. be 26 this year. Anyway, another guy who didn't play. Caleb Hayes didn't play, not because of injuries, just because of lack of talent. Didn't get in the game. So not much to say there. Again, if you want to bring him in as a camp body, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't worry about that stuff. I worry who's actually going to get See you game. later, bye. Yeah, that's where we're at. So let's get into our safeties. And obviously, we're going to have the big discussion on a certain guy. And of course, it's Dean Belton. I'm kidding. <laughs> Xavier McKinney, X Man, 17 X-Man games, you. 17 starts, 116 tackles, three interceptions, half a sack, two forced fumbles, one QB hit, and an 87.8 PFF grade. The fourth ranked, highest grade fourth. among safeties. But say yeah. he was ranked number four in the safety division. And I wasn't so sure I'm bringing him back. Honestly, guys, part of this offseason, the second the cap went up $10 million, I want him back. And the only reason I say this is because we're not as cash-strapped as we were. And I think I think it's going to cost around $17 million a year to keep him. I really do. And I think if you do the job right with, with, with the contract, you can fit it in, no problem. And... I think he's going to look better next year because he hated Wink. Let's be very frank. He yeah. hated Wink. Well, he opened out. He openly said like he he was not going to be a giant if Wink was here. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that he also during the season bashed the coaches, and it was found out yeah. to be that it was Wink that he was upset with not listening to him. You know, that leaves him in an island by himself in the deep, you know, deep part of the field where he's not used. 
you don't put him in as the deep island guy. Like that's not what his role is. You want him up where he can yeah. go rush the passer occasionally, hit the runner because he does hit the runner. You know, part of what that is, if you look at him and Justin, I mean Justin, I always want to say Justin Penick, Jason Pinnock, um, talking Giants to get on the brain. Um, Jason Pinnock is, is so similar to him. I think that's part of the problem. It's like, okay, we got two guys that are really strong safety. Someone's got to play free safety. X-Man, you can do it better. I mean, that's part of what the conversation is going to have to be in the long term is, are these guys really the best pairing? Or do we need to go get ourselves a true center fielder? And it's not a knock on Pinnock. I like him a lot. That, that's, that's a guy I'd love to keep. But if I got to keep one of the two, I'm keeping McKinney. Money aside, that's, obviously. Yeah. So... Yeah, like I said, I'm hopeful they get it done. Um, I know, uh, you know, I was listening because I had that work trip this week, so I was listening to a little more of other people's podcasts than I typically will. Um, and I know LPG was on Talking Giants. I don't up like third mention of Talking Giants here today. Um, but he was on with them, and he was saying that he wouldn't be surprised if the McKinney deal is done prior to free agency. Like, he thinks he, he, they were talking, the three of them together, saying they think, conversations are going we don't know about and that's fair i mean uh, yeah we, we don't need to know we don't need to know but if you think that they're gonna just go let them wander off in a free agency without a conversation that's bullshit i got yeah, a bridge to say too <laughs> very nice fancy a lot of people died making it the brooklyn bridge you know the Manhattan one yeah. um anyway um <laughs> uh, yeah so hopefully i said hopefully mckinney's here for a long time he's still very young he's very talented that's the kind of guy you want to keep even though the one thing that gives me a little bit of hesitation is just positional value it's safety. It's an important position, but it's not nearly as important as edge, nose tackle, corner. But he's, I mean, granted, like I, I said this, you know, previously, uh, recently, uh, yeah, granted, he's one of like the 26 captains on the team, but one of the 53 captains yes. on this team. Yes. Everyone's a captain. Yeah. But the water really, boy's a captain, I heard. I heard the water yeah. boy's a captain. But he really actually is like a secondary captain. Like he really and is it, like a defensive captain. Like he really gets that team brow together. And like and it's his everything. Play. Yeah, it's his play. But like you watch him, even if like you follow him on social media, like he's got a lot of respect in that backfield. And he calls a yep. lot of play from the back that people listen to. Awesome. So um next up is the guy we just talked about briefly there for a second ago, kind of jumped the gun a little, but had to talk about him because he's the other starting safety, Jason Pinnock. 16 games, 16 tackles, 85. I'm sorry, 16 games, 16 starts, 85 yeah. tackles, two interceptions, Big one difference. for a touchdown, two sackles, uh, two sackles. What's two? That's what I say, sackles, two sacks. <laughs> oh, hey. my God. This is what <laughs> happens when I'm, tra- I'm trying to power through this in yeah. my voice right now. Uh, six two tackles, sacks, two six sacks. Tackles for loss, four QB hits, a 67.7 PFF grade. Solid player, chief contract good guy to have on the team for that reason uh, and like i said i think until he becomes an issue contract wise he has a place the second he becomes an issue and i wouldn't be shocked even if they go you know what we got one more year with him if i remember correctly yeah one more year yeah with him. and his cap is actually pretty decent this year for one of these made in the past he's got 3.1 million dollar cap hit this year um that's but, not too shabby no, no, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not that McKinney's in. It's worth that, obviously, but yeah, I wouldn't shock me at all if the, if the Giants go out and, and draft potentially or get a young safety that they think in the long term can replace Pinnock. And if they do, it's going to be that center field kind of guy. 
because we're missing that. We don't have that. Let's be very frank. You don't want to go get another guy in free agency or the draft that we already have. You want to get something new. You want to add new shiny so, toy. Yeah. And I know during the combine they were talking to, ironically enough, Darnay Holmes's cousin, whose name escapes you in a minute, but he's that perfect kind of safety that's great cover guy, great fast guy, can't tackle very well, isn't great against the run, perfect guy for that kind of role. And he's going to be able to a fourth-round pick there. Um, I'm going to look him up, see if I remember the name there. I don't like to talk too much on who the Giants talk about specifically at the combine because, guys, so much stuff changes between now and then. To be honest, the guys who analyze every single move um, that happens in, in at the combine, they're just trying to get you filler stuff until the stuff comes up. That's what that's where that's where it all boils down to. Um, but that's I think what you're going to see eventually. I think you're going to see a center field guy get drafted, um, and I think you're going to see eventually he's going to go bye bye because he's just not able to do that role, and he does such similar to X Man that it's kind of hard to do that. Um, but at least for now, one more year, he'll be here. I like him here. And I'll tell you, honestly, even if they keep him long-term and pay him like he's being paid this year and he becomes a third safety and the three safety set like he used to do back in the day, I'm cool with that. Yeah. 100%. I like, I like Pinnock. I have a lot of respect for the man. I just don't want to overlap. I don't want to keep on having these guys do the same thing. Yeah. You, you also, you know, when you go down to the center position, like you become a rectangle peg, and and it's the the freelance safety where he's at, he's a circle. You just don't plug him in there properly. That just doesn't work. Yeah, it, yeah. it he you could I shouldn't say it like that. You could make a little bit of work, but you're that's not your niche. That's not your yeah. expertise. Like you need a different person to do that. So, like you said, three person safety, a three yeah, It'd be perfect. Uh, something else. Yeah, yeah. Um. Next up is Dane Belton, finishing his second year off, 17 games, two stars, 33 tackles, two interceptions, one sack, um, three tackles for loss, two QB hits, played 26% of the defensive snaps, 51.7 PFF grade, which is pretty low. Um, honestly, I think people lose because if there's one thing this kid has, it's big playability, you know, like I said, plays in a quarter of the snaps, got two interceptions. He doesn't take a genius through the math and say he'd have seven or eight interceptions if he played as a starter based on that theory. Yeah. Um, you know, if if I told you right now that he had 120 tackles, you know, eight, eight interceptions, four sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and eight QB hits, you'd be like, wow, that's a season. And if you played 100% of the snaps like Xavier McKinney did, that would be his numbers based on the snaps he took. Yes, I was about but, to say. But, but, what they, but they, those stats, and this is why I use the PFF grade with you guys and try to give you guys this. What it doesn't tell you is when he's out of position, when he's not good in coverage. Those aren't in, in that. you know. And unfortunately, that's, that's an issue for Dean Belton. He has not been good. He's been burnt many times. Um, he's been out of position many times. I think that, you know, I wasn't very high in him when they drafted him, and just nothing's changed my mind so far. He's not the worst in the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make him, like, you know, the worst pick ever and how dare we make this pick. <clears throat> I just don't think he's got a very high ceiling, and I think you'll you'll see him go through this rookie contract and then just be gone. Yeah, probably right. Unless, yeah, some of the big changes yeah, yeah. this year or next year, but, like, I – 
listen, guys, guys have shocked me before and put the work in, and and, and, and it's nothing personal with Dane Belton. I don't have anything against them, obviously. I root for the guy. He's a giant. I want him to see. Yeah. I want him to prove me wrong. Just my personal opinion of the guy right now. I mean, you're probably going to back cheap after this rookie deal, but there there might be a team that you actually don't want him back more. cheap at the rookie deal because you can get a rookie that's cheaper that has promise. That's the whole point. You just want to be the, the, the positive guy. It's a good cop, bad cop here. A little bit there, but I really couldn't say anything that's too positive. I'm calling like, it out. Yeah. I'm calling it out. <laughs> I was like, Next yeah. up, <laughs> Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry. Be happy. Um, no, Bobby McCain. <laughs> um, Ten games in, zero starts, one tackle. Only played 3% of defensive snaps. <clears throat> Played 50% of the special team snaps, had a 49 PFF grade, which I'm not sure how, with 3% of defensive snaps, they even gave him a PFF grade, but that's where he was at. Let's be very frank. We had higher expectations for this guy. We thought he'd be the third safety, potentially even pop up in a slot corner position occasionally, and it was very early on realized by the coaching staff that he did not fit the defense, did not fit the team, should not be there, and just, yeah, wasn't going to work. So... Kudos to him for sticking out what had to be a rough season for him because he succeeded in multiple places before with no problem. For whatever reason, it just didn't work out here. you know. And I think it's safe to say that this is the end of Bobby McCain's run as a you know New York Giant there. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a one-year deal that we signed with him. Uh, yeah, and it's double-check. Yeah, it was a one-year deal that we gave him at that, that point. So, yeah, he gone. You know, appreciate the effort. Just didn't work out. Time to move on. Don't want to be mean about it. Even the guys, like I said, the guy's been a pros pro. He's been in the league a long time. So next up, last up, another guy who was a training camp wizard. We heard so much about him in training camp. Didn't even make it to to preseason to still hear anything. We still heard about at least Trey Hawkins was still being talked about during the preseason as a, as a potential good player. This guy was lighting it up all over the place during the the uh, uh, the training camps. And then just disappeared the second actual football pad started. Um, Javarius Owens, three games, zero starts, one tackle, one fumble recovered. Doesn't even have a PFF grade because he played that little. And he was, I mean, guys, he was a seventh-round pick. I'm not going to beat up a seventh-round pick. Yeah. A seventh-round pick from a small school. He's a project. We all knew he was a project. Hopefully he develops into something. He's got a lot of physical tools, but... If he doesn't, it's a seventh round pick. It is what it is. I'm not. I'm not going to, you know, cry over a seventh round pick. You take your chances. You know, you all can't be Joe Montana. Just saying. <laughs> uh, make that a thing of the show now, Joe Montana. Every day, Joe Montana. Um, real quick here, before we get into how we can improve these groups here, if you do have some ideas here. We're going to pay the bills real quick, and we're going to go through a couple of comments there. I know Connor's lighting up the comments here like crazy. I know I see y'all in there because I can see how many people are watching. we got ninja watchers left and right. There's plenty of ninja watchers in there. So come on in the comments section. Let us know your thoughts because we want to hear what you guys all think, too. You guys are all giant fans. We want to hear what you all think. So let's get to pay the bills real quick. Enjoying the show. Looking for more goofball action? Consider a membership at buymeacoffee.com slash two giant goofballs. Memberships start at just $5 and give you additional goofball access. One-time support payments also available starting at just $3. Buymeacoffee.com slash two giant goofball. All right, Connor, starts it off with, are you sick, Drew? You sound different. No, I'm just trying something new. No, no, I'm sick. I'm, yeah. <laughs> my, my throat's all jacked up, so... uh. 
I know it's weird. I'm not sick. I'm like, it's all it is is my throat. It's that's all. Honestly, it's all it is. I don't have a fever. You know, it's not COVID or anything like that. Obviously, I just had that a month ago. Um, it's just allergies draining down the back of my throat and messing my throat up. So it is what it is. Stuff that um, in the back of your throat. Can't help it. Um, Connor <laughs> says, "Back away, Roberto, so you don't catch it." And yeah, this is definitely one of those episodes that Rob is glad that we're in different states. Except I can show up the temperature real quick, and you might not be so happy. <laughs> Um, he says, hey, Roberto, I just read plastic water bottles have millions of micro pieces of plastic floating in the water. But since we're from Jersey, we drank Jersey water. We should be OK. No, Jersey water, first off, is a spectacular cavalcade of flavors. OK, I love Jersey water. I miss Jersey water. You don't understand what it is until you lose it. I'm telling you right now. It is so good. Um, by the way, I did look up the weather right now. It's 66 degrees currently. Currently. At almost ten o'clock at night, the high today was seventy-seven. Oh, that's great. The high today was like at forty-five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's so. Uh, Connor says when he was replaced by C3PO, he wasn't believable. So they told him stick to focusing on football. I feel like I'm missing something there, Connor. Feel free to cue us into what that was. Uh, He says, "You think Kayvon would be better at end left or right?" Uh, You know. Some people are very good at going back and forth. Some people, it's so much a muscle memory thing, they got to stick to one side. So, listen, wherever a KO is going to be effective, leave them there. That's exactly what I mean. I don't mean necessarily, I don't say leave it there. Because what I mean by that is if he's going to be effective by switching back and forth, and so is his co star, so to speak, at the other edge position, then go for it. But if either one of them are better at one side, I mean, you want KO to develop into a Batman. So whatever yeah. his better side is, you stick him there and you keep him there. If he if he's not able to switch both sides, and neither is his co-star there. He's Robin. Whoever we're gonna have is a Robin here. Um, as we talk DC comics, he says, What do you guys think of Superman Henry Cavill becoming the new star as Highlander? I hadn't heard of that one. Um but I'll say I I'm heard not, he was in it, but uh, I assumed he was gonna be the Russian. I'm not a Russo. big I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of him overall. Um as an Cavill? actor, yeah, he's not a good actor, guys. Like everything I've seen him in was Enola Holmes or that, or what's that uh, one on Netflix where he's in the video game thing, The Witcher uh, or whatever. Yeah, The Witcher. He's I never watched that. He's I, not I, a good actor. What he is is he's a chiseled person who fits certain molds like that. I mean, he does make a very good Superman appearance wise. Let's be very frank about it. I you thought know. he did good, I but Superman, Superman doesn't also show a ton of emotion always, yeah. so he fits that. If you put him in a role like Highlander, Highlander shows a lot of emotions. Yeah, I mean, you're saying... I thought Lambert was or... the best actor ever, but I mean... I was about to say... You're, you're talking on. about the movie where a Scotsman played an Egyptian living in Spain while still having a Scottish accent. That is depth. That is depth right and there. And you had sir. the French guy play the Scot. I'm just... Well, he's French-Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't Can think he he's the I don't think he's the right guy for it. I'm not saying who I assumed he was playing the Roos. I assume I'm just yeah playing the guy after Highlander. I just when I heard that. I just you mean the Kurgan? Dude, the Kurgan, Kurgan right? He's supposed to yeah. be he's supposed to be Russian. The, the Kurgan was the main villain. Yeah. Yeah, so you know who I'd love to see play the Kurgan? Because I'd like to see him in this role just to prove he could play a villain because I'd never seen it. The Rock. The Rock could be a damn good Kurgan. I mean he did it for the WWE for years. He did, and he did it obviously a little bit in Scorpion King, but 
half his stuff was CGI and really bad CGI of him as an actual scorpion. Yeah, it definitely but, did not age well. <laughs> no, it, it was it didn't come out well to begin with. They even said it was rushed and everything when they did it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's what I, I that's like. I, I, yeah, I'm, if he's the Highlander star, that, that's not good for the movie at all. I would watch it. Um, Connor says I'm cocky, but she's okay. <laughs> Connor says sad how jobs get pay raises unless you get big raises. It's just more tax. You barely get anything. I remember one job boss said going to give you a twenty five cent raise. I says just gives me five dollars a week from you. Cheap took us to put it nicely. Um, yeah, twenty five cents is not. Yeah, I mean. It depends on what you're making to begin with, I guess. I mean, I don't know what occupation you got, Connor, but, you know. Well, listen, like, when you get your first job, minimum wage, I mean, minimum wage is way different when we were getting through compared to now. I but, way different when Connor was a kid. It was like five cents back then. Yeah. So, I mean, when you got a quarter raise at that point, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It depends on the job, I guess, to a certain degree. But, I mean, you know. I used to say that kind of stuff as well when I got the annual raises at you know jobs I had as a kid. It's like oh, fifteen cents an hour, ooh, you know. But Yay! Whoop to do, I'll, Basil. I'll just say this: negotiate, 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 and always know your value. Always be looking at things because you'd be surprised how often you go around to find options. And it doesn't mean you have to leave your job, but at least you know if you're getting paid correctly. It's fair. Yep. It's fair. You know. Um, Connor says a whole dollar a week. Smack, <laughs> shake my head with this smack again. I won't repeat the rest. He said, He says, Wendy a holes. It's true about whoppers. You have to buy something first. Also, Wednesday is three dollar whoppers. Damn it, tomorrow's Ooh, Friday. Like you know what? The bad time. thing is about Burger King, though, they get the worst. And this is okay, we can say this, I think, without getting in trouble because I'm pretty sure it's true. Someone verified to make sure. I heard they have the worst health cleaning record of any of the fast food places as a whole i don't i'll say this though do a high their burgers standard. their burgers unless you want to go to the upscale fast food like the five guys and those kind of guys and you know culver's which i don't think you guys have culver's out there do you no okay Culver, culver's is like a midwest thing they do really great burgers like five guys but they also have custard and they do a cheese curds which is like they give it like a, mm-hmm. like a cube of uh cheddar that's breaded and fried Kind of like a Wisconsin mozzarella stick. Oh, that's like uh, the Italians have a word for that too. That's what they call it there. Anyway, they're really good as well. But otherwise, if you go like the regular cheap, like low quality, like the big McDonald's, the Wendy's, the BK's, BK has the best burgers of that genre. Their fries taste a little off always, but their burgers and their Hershey Sunday pie is amazing. I don't eat that much. I was a Taco Bell guy growing up. I only eat it once a day. You only eat it once a day, all right. I'm bad. Perfect. It's there. It's lunch. I'm busy at work all the time. I got to start meal prepping. I was anyway. more of a Taco Bell guy. <laughs> oh, I, they have a new uh, items on the $3 menu, by the way. It's actually pretty good. They got a stacker thing. It's like the beef and the cheese, and they fold it up and stuff. Like, they give like a quesadilla, so you fold it in half, but then you fold it once over again, and then once over again. Oh, my God. It's good. And they do a chicken and cheese on a uh, gordita wrap. It's pretty good, too. Mm. Anyway. I'm kind of hungry here. You can tell you haven't eaten dinner yet. Connor says, can't wait to see if Dion goes to a team as a head coach and wants guarantees they pick his son as QB. I don't see Dion doing those long coaching hours. I don't see why he'd not. He did it in Jackson State. Yeah. College coaches put way more hours in. That's what he's, that's what he's saying. He thinks he yeah. wants to leave because he doesn't want to put in the hours. He did that at Jackson State. Why would he not? And if anything, he doesn't have to put in the hours as much other guys do. People want to play for Dion. He's Dion. It's true. 
I got to keep in mind the kids that he has in there at his school have never seen him play. Never seen him play. You have to be, you know, like about 40 or so to understand truly how good he was. But he's just that much of a legend still within the football community that he's respected. Neon Dion. Yeah, that's just that's just what it is. I mean, it's like it's like if Peyton Manning in ten years went to go be a, a head coach at Tennessee. People still respect the man. So yeah. that's where he's at. Uh, um all right. He says, Hey Roberto, Waterboy wants to know if there's some high quality H2O. If no, start a new batch for you. It's 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 of course it's high quality. So what happened to the tough guys that played with they were hurt but said things like I feel the pain after the game. I get paid for the. Here's the problem, Connor. It's a business. He's. It's a business. So you can say that all fine and dandy, but when these guys get hurt and go out there and play hurt, and then can't play ever again at the same level and lose millions of dollars, things change, and that does happen. So I don't blame these guys at all for that. What I just do blame on is the, and not the players. Let me make this very clear. But the teams that keep the guys get hurt every single goddamn year. It's like just move on. You're done. He can't stay healthy. And the Giants had that tendency to get those guys. Mm. Like, you need guys who are be able to show. It's nothing personal. It's business. Um, Connor says, Sean Connery forever. Alba Gubroth, which is kind of ironic because he's dead. He says, I love the Baconator or double bourbon bacon burger. I get the double Baconator myself on our... And you know what I love? They do they do a version of that at Wendy's with the, uh, the pretzel bun. It's really good. Very good. Anyway, let's get back to football here because Connor has got us in a whirlwind of fast food here. So let's get into things we can do to upgrade this this roster here. Let's so go. The top, the top corners are Jalen Johnson of the Bears and Legereus Sneed of the Chiefs. They're not going anywhere, guys. Nope. The Chiefs have already said they're going to tag them and tag Sneed if they can't, you know, get a long-term deal to just trade them. They're not going to let him walk for a third-round pick, comp pick when they can get good, good, you know, return on him. Uh, Jalen Johnson, same thing with the Bears, except they have the money, so they'll figure it out. Um, I'm going to give you two options, guys, that I think are good options. Two veterans. Um, one of them takes from one of our divisional rivals, I guess. I guess a rival. Yes, um, you said. I mean, the, the least rivalrous of our rivals. Um, and the other one played with our defensive coordinator just last season, and he's got a good history of being a decent corner for the most part. So first off is Kendall Furrow, Pooler. Ah. Kendall Fuller, my damn throat, um, <laughs> p- plays corner, but also does play safety. 29 years old, um, 15 games last year, 79 tackles, two interceptions, 83.1 PFF grade. Guys. This is a consistent veteran. Now, like I said, can play everywhere, plays outside, plays slot, plays safety. And I don't, I have no doubt that if you get this guy at 29 years old and you sign him to a three- or four-year deal, he just becomes a safety. Yes. And you can pay him a longer contract than you would your typical 29-year corner because you're not worried about that. He's going to play. He's not going to walk away, you know, and, and, and be like, okay, I'm done because I'm slow now. Like, he'll just go play corner, but his safety He's not as fast anymore. And he's always been a guy that depended on his technique, not his skill. He's like the opposite of everything we said earlier about Dory Jackson. And if you think about it, you only need him for a year or two until you develop whoever's going to be the second corner. And he's also a good veteran guy to have around Deontay Banks there. Yep, that's what I say for so, leadership for the yeah for yeah. young guys. And I know he's not; they're not the biggest rival in the division. But you're taking from the division. You're hurting an opponent that you play twice a year. Nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, second guy had a little bit of an off year this year. I thought 
but played very well in previous years. And that's Sean Murphy Bunting. We talked about him last year during our off seasons, uh, off season stuff there. So played uh, last year with the Tennessee Titans under Sheen Bowen. Um, prior to that, he was a buck for several years, 26 years old, 14 games. Here's the one issue. Hasn't played in 16 games or more since 2020. So he's like a Dory. He's going to get hurt once a year, miss a couple of games. So just something to keep an eye on when you do that analysis, you know, analysis of which one you want to go with. If I had to pick between these, pick between these two, I'm taking Fuller all day long. But 100%. I think Fuller's, I think Fuller's going to be a lot more expensive, and that's what you got to think about too, because someone's going to do say what I just said and go, you know what? I can use him a year or two a corner. Once he slows down a little bit, I'm moving to safety. No biggie. And they'll pay him ten million dollars a year. I was about to say you have more guarantees. You probably have more guarantees with Fuller. Oh yeah. Um, Plus, not just his position playing, but his leadership and like his veteran yeah. ability to help train the younger guys below him. Even though that's not his job, but like, you know, it is, you know, at a certain point, it is your job in the NFL. I'm sorry, because you know what? Someone did it for you when you were young. I don't buy that theory. <clears throat> I had that same mentality myself, my own job. So again, I don't get too much in my 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 business of what I do for work there too much here, but. I, like I said, I went to a meeting this week for it. Uh, I, one of my guys, one of the guys who used to work under me got promoted to the same position I'm at. And the first thing I did is walk over, congratulate him, and say, if you need something, you got my number, you call me. I got you. I understand that's what you're supposed to do. But, I mean, granted, that's what I said. But, like, you don't have to say that, but that's... You do. You do. I'm sorry. You're, you're a jerk if you don't. And, and that's just that you're jerks. a jerk if you don't actually mean it. There's I do plenty mean. of jerks out there. But, anyway, Sean Murphy bunting 57 tackles, two interceptions, a 57.6 PFF grade, which, like I said, off for him. He's usually higher than that. So, yeah. But again, he had a year in, um, you know, in the system that's being brought now to the Giants. He's got a track record of being a good player. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He comes from a winning team for the Bucs. You know, I I think it's a good pickup for us, depending on how much he costs. If you can get him for like $5 million, it's not the worst deal in the move because he's probably going to want to prove a deal anyway. He's not going to want a long-term deal coming off this season. Probably. No. His only problem is he sounds like he should be playing baseball. Sean Murphy, Bunton. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> now, the one thing I'll say is I don't know. I, I admit freely that I don't watch Bucks guys have Titans games on a regular basis. I do watch some Bucks games, being that I live here in Tampa. Uh, but I don't watch a lot of Titans games. So I don't know what the problem was last year. Was he not a fit in Shane Bowen's defense? Because if that's the case, obviously that's the last place he wants to go. You know, was it the injury he had? He missed a couple of games. You know, was it just, you know, was he battling another injury? I don't know. But if it's not an issue with him and Shane Bowen in the defense, they said we can do a lot worse. We can do a lot worse, guys. So let's get into the safety talk here. And the big topic is going to be what if. What if? And and it's what if we don't re-sign Xavier McKinney? Because that's an option we have to look at, guys. That's that's something that's going to potentially happen. And nobody, nobody wants to think about that. Uh, PFF, we talked about they listed him as the fourth best PFF grade. They also listed him as the fourth best free agent safety, which I thought was kind of funny. He was the fourth best safety overall last year. Was he the fourth best available in free agency? What does that tell you guys? It's stacked top heavy. So Antoine uh, uh, Winfield Jr. with the Bucks, who's going to get tagged. Kyle Duggar, which we'll talk about in a little bit there. I know he's not from 12 kids and counting. Uh, <laughs> former, former Patriot there, and uh, Cameron Curl from the Commanders are also all free agents that PFF actually lists as better free agent options than Xavier McKinney. 
So what I mean by that is if is McKinney doesn't if McKinney wants to go too crazy price wise, guys, other options. I'm not suggesting other options. I'm just saying Joe Shane is should not feel pigeonholed into paying like twenty million dollars a contract and breaking records to bring back a safety when there's other options. And that's a ridiculous price to pay. The highest paid safety is nineteen million dollars a year, guys. Mm. And to be very frank, he's overpaid. And that's Derwin James of the Chargers. Another guy who's health issues and all that kind of stuff. After him, the second highest paid is Jamal Adams, former Jet, now Seahawk. Again, can't play ever. Gets hurt all the time. We saw him come back in our game against them. I it's just not a position you overspend on. So other options, guys. My preference is to bring back the guy we know, the guy we like, but there's other options to look at. Uh, give you a couple other options here that are lesser talked about here. Geno Stone, we've talked about him before, 24 years old, 17 games, 11 starts, 68 tackles, seven interceptions. This is your center field kind of guy. Because honestly, if we're going to go ahead and get rid of McKinney in this scenario, again, not that I want to get rid of him, but if we do, because somebody wants to overpay the hell of him, then you might as well get your center fielder and let Jason Pinnock play the strong safety. Yep. So seven interceptions. This is his first year he's ever had over 41% of the defensive snaps. So he's never been a long-term starter, but it's not because they didn't like him. They have guys like Kyle Hamilton and other guys there that just blocked him. They have some really good safeties there, guys. Uh, he had a 71.9 PFF grade. Not too shabby. Um, Julian Blackman with the Colts, 25 years old, also plays slot corner. So, again, speedy guy, coverage guy, center field kind of guy. 15 games, 15 starts, 88 tackles, four interceptions, 68.3 PFF grade. Last one, Olohai Gilman, the Chargers, 26 years old, 14 games, 14 starts, 49 tackles, two interceptions, 86.1 PFF grade, guys. Only his first year at more than 47% of defensive snaps. I think he's going to be a surprise wherever he gets him. I really do. I've watched some tape in this kid. I liked him a lot. But because the Chargers had such an atrocious year, nobody knows about him, really. Nobody's watching Chargers games last year. Even Chargers no. fans weren't watching Chargers games. Watch him be like a, one of the steals of free agency, I'm telling you. Um, right. There's a lot of options, though. We got that options, too. We got Jordan Fuller of the Rams, Jordan Whitehead of the Jets, C.J. Gardner-Johnson of the Lions. Deshaun Gibson of the 49ers. There are plenty of safeties, guys. And this is part of why I'm cautiously optimistic about keeping McKinney. I want him. I don't want to overpay for him. There's no need to. There's plenty of options. It's just a matter of what is overpaying for him in this market. And does his, does his people and our people agree? So we'll find that out. Um, safety, I'm sorry, draft-wise. You got a couple options in the second round. I don't really think second, third round, I think is when you should see the Giants, depending on what we do as far as trade-wise. I think it's when you should see the Giants take a corner. Development of the guy. Um, again, unless we trade both of our second-round picks to go to the end of the first to get a quarterback or something like that. There's barring a trade. So you got Kamari Lassiter of the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. You got Kenyon Mitchell of Toledo, who has been like, was the guy in the senior bowl, guys. That's a guy that should people should be excited about. And if he's available and we're picking, yeah. and it's the appropriate spot, like that second, third-round guys, He's got to come up as an option. Uh, TJ Tampa, we talked about him during our, uh, again, our complete offseason plan because he was available. We took him in the second round uh, at a, uh, Iowa State there. Uh, Enos Rextraw Jr. Uh, from Missouri and Kalen King out of Penn State, who's you're seeing him drop a little bit. So that's a guy that was talked about as a potential late first, early second, and he's been dropping because he hasn't been as good at the like, senior bowl and stuff like that. 
So keep an eye on him because sometimes that just means technique or something like that. And you get the right guy to fix it, you get a steal. So like I said, that's where I think we're, we're looking at is that kind of range, that second, third round range. Uh, Safety-wise, to be very frank, I really don't want to spend necessarily capital on a safety. I'd rather go out and get the one to replace McKinney if need be or just roll what we got again. Now, if one of them drops and he's a steal, okay, sure. Like I will never be upset about that. Yeah. You got a third round grade and a guy he's available in the fifth round, go for it. That's a that's a good value. Then Otherwise, that only could draft, you know, high in the third round. Yeah. Like I said, otherwise, I'm good with skipping that position for the most part and just rolling the dice what we got again. Um that's it for the safety stuff, guys. Let's go into the giant stews and the news from around the league. It's time for the news. All right, and Giants news here. So Texans continue to be rumored as a possible destination for Saquon Barkley. He's also recently been in communication with C.J. Shroud. Well, it's no secret the Texans want to pick up a running back. But, guys, don't get too worried about that kind of stuff. You're going to hear a lot of rumors with Saquon. A lot of rumors. It doesn't matter. All that matters is where he signs the dotted line. That's all that matters. I could want Saquon on my team so bad if I was a GM of the Texans. That's me. I'm going to give him $13 million a year, $14 million a year, something crazy like that. And also, who was our best player last year? Yeah. But and the what I'm market telling you, are we in? Everything and I'm hearing right now with the Giants is going to be $8, 9000000 million his offer. That's what it's going to be. But that's also what you're hearing. So we went through saying, this that's last what the rumors year are. as we're Rumor trying to cover it. As we're trying to cover this, guys, every journalist, every sports writer out there is going to be talking about every little thing. You know, Barkley traveled down to Tampa. Meanwhile, I was on a beach. He's not visiting, you know. Yeah, the box. but I think I think the thing is they see what we talked about. This running back group is so oversaturated for agents. So you have a perfect storm for guys to be cheap because you have yeah. guys, you have, you have a position that's already undervalued. And not paid for. It's a repeat of last year. And then you year. have a ton. No, it's worse than last year, I'm telling you. And it keeps yeah. getting worse. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but they just, they just, another one got cut. Another running back cut, cut just today, just a couple hours ago. Yeah. So, like, this is the, this is where we're at. There are so many running backs. I'm telling you, none of these guys are going to get paid good at all. None of them. That includes King Henry. So, um, speaking of Saquon, though, his reps and the Giants met today at the combine, as they said they would do during the event. Josina Anderson of CBS Sports reported the meeting as good. About as broad as you get. Good. Just swell. Yeah. Thanks. Um, she said they discussed a lot of options and quote, including memorializing Barkley's potential legacy as a New York Giant pending an agreement on mutual terms. I, I'm kind of curious what that means. Like, are they, are they going to promise him a statue or something like that if he comes back? Like, what does that mean? I mean, it could be a lot of things. Like, you stay a giant, we guarantee you a coach's job. You stay a giant, we guarantee you be a face. You could be like an Eli Madden. We'll get you into uh, media outlooks around the area. I'm wondering. We could guarantee you a future salary. I'm wondering if it's like a guaranteed ring of honor spot. I mean, you don't have to guarantee it, but you can say that. It's a good, I guess it's a good selling point. He's, he's, listen, he is number four right now overall in rushing yards as a giant. That's where he's That's at. It. I'm saying like so he needs one with or without guarantee 185 yards to pass Joe Morris. He needs 1,686 yards to pass Rodney Hampton. That's where he's at. And this is again, this is modern day football, guys. That's part of what you guys got to remember that anybody that's young 
Hooker doesn't remember this stuff because they weren't around for it. Not to be that old guys, they get off my lawn, but in the 80s and 90s, when guys like Rodney Hampton and Joe Morris were playing, guys, they they rushed the ball nonstop. This is like nowadays, where that's like a secondary thing to the pass, you know? I mean, yeah, it's if you look at the yards per attempt, his yards per attempt is 4.3 in his career right now. Joe Morris, 4.0. Rodney Hampton, 3.8. When he retires, he'll be probably the second best running back to ever put on a uniform. That's, yeah. that's where he's at. And that's even considering his decline, because that's going to happen, guys. He's going to continue to decline. I'm sorry. I know people hate when you say this, but he's already in the process of a decline. He is. Yeah. He's not very no far into it. No gets outside father time. We're all, we're all get stuck there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just life, guys. So, you know, we'll see. But I'm wondering if I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be something more along the lines of that. I really do. I think you're going to see, you know, that kind of reaction with it. Like, you know what? Here you go. He's also, I looked it up out of curiosity, 33 all time on the all time receiving yards. So he's got a long way to go to get, get to that kind of good graces. But let's say if he gets another 1,000 yards, hypothetically, he's already up to 23. So he's at that spot where he's, he's just pigeonholed with so many people. He gets yeah. 2,000. Let's say he plays four more years, hypothetically, he gets 2,000 yards, which I don't think that's going to happen. But if it did, he'd be at number 16. He'd be, he'd be sandwiched in between a Sterling Shepard and Jeremy Shockey. Hmm. Interesting company. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> I don't think people recognize sometimes like how much of a, because of the position he plays, how much of a generational talent he really is. And unfortunately, injuries have made it where he's not even probably have the career he could have had. Because he looks like freaking goddamn Barry Sanders when he first came out. I mean, you got to think about it. He's missed over a third of his career due to injury. Yeah. Thus, so far. Like I said, it's just, I wonder if that's what it is. Like, hey, we're going to put you in the ring of honor. Hey, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do, you know, that kind of thing. Because you're going to retire as a giant and you're going to be that kind of player in our history. It's true. So, which guarantees you down the road, staying in this market. They do it oh, yeah. anytime. They do a Giants like meet the players, meet like the the best of. Guess what? They have to call up Barkley and they pay him. You know what though? Show his face. I look at it like Amani Toomer. Okay, as a good example, Amani Toomer obviously is the all time receiving yards leader for the Giants. Played primarily during bad times. Let's be honest. Minus the tail end with Kerry Collins a little bit there, and uh, you know his last couple of years, which was the beginning of Eli's career, including the one ring. That he got the first of Eli's ranks. Say. But the bad. first half of his career, he's got like, no, but the first half of his career was like Dave Brown years and Danny Cannell and those kind of guys. Like, it was not good. He's not remembered in the same breath as like a Plexigo Burris because he was at the end of his career during those good years. I wonder how much Saquon, because of when he played for the Giants and how bad the years were, how that's going to affect his legacy. But I look at Amani Toomer. Uh, he was he's he's been what I think MSG. He's been working for for a while and stuff like that. Yeah, you know he's been back with the Giants for many things for different things. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Tiki Barber. Obviously, he's been very involved in the media. And let's be very frank. He rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, yeah, especially fashion. I'm just saying he does. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, I you know I, I got the chance to talk to him one time, and yeah, he was nice to me. I got no beef for the guy. You know, he answered some questions. He definitely answered it with an egocentric kind of mentality, but that's fine. Again, he's an athlete; they're going to have that ego. Uh, for those who are wondering, the big question I asked him, I mentioned multiple times on here in the show, 
is if he, you know, how he thinks the comparison between him and Marshall Falk, because I've said forever, he had a 10-year career. Marshall Falk had a 12-year career. But if we look at their yards per year, they're very similar. The difference is Marshall Falk was more of a receiver, whereas, uh, you know, Tiki was more of a pure runner. And that's Tiki was very quick to point that out. He's like, I, I earned mine the hard yards the hard way. You know, like I said, typical Tiki kind of thing. He's got an ego. That's fine. He's also yeah. the best running back to ever play for the New York football giants. You can have an ego when you can talk about that. The man should be in the goddamn Hall of Fame. I'm still saying that. He should be in the Hall of Fame right now. You can have an ego when you have those things. 100%. Barkley has an ego himself. He hides it better than Tiki ever did. But don't tell me Barkley doesn't have an ego. If Barkley would have an ego, he would take $13 million a year when he offered last year. He's got an ego. And that's fine. Again, nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking the man. I don't mean there's a negative. Egos also drive people to succeed because they expect it of themselves. It's not always bad to have an ego. Correct. But for a man have like an ego that, being cocky. if he goes, let's say he goes to uh, Houston. We talked about him a minute ago. They're not going to build him a statue. They're not going to. They're not going to put him in their horn of honor or whatever they do there in Houston. They're going to use him, use him to try to get a ring. Yeah, and they're going to maybe hide some massage issues or something like that. <laughs> or offer a massage. No, Saquon would not do that. He's not. But I'm just saying, like, you know, Houston, plus, plus there's been all kinds of rumors about the owner of the Texans and his issues with people that don't look like him, if you catch my drift. So a lot of players that have wanted to play there. But look at a guy like T.J. Watt, who is – I'm sorry, not T.J., wrong, wrong Watt, J.J. Watt. J.J. Who, who was, you know, the best defensive player of his generation, basically. And he's on, you know, now with CBS, I think it's on. Is that what he's on, CBS? Uh, not one of them. He's not one of them. Probably. But when he was playing, you didn't see him with commercials everywhere. You saw him occasionally because he's still the best player, best defensive player in the NFL. But you didn't see him everywhere. That's what the difference is between New York and Houston. Barkley's going to see that. He's going to see the, the revenue he can make there. He's going to see the he's going to see the money he I mean the uh, the legacy he can leave there. And I think he's going to stay. Honestly, I really do. I think the I legacy is going to draw him. I really think that. I know a lot of people think he's gone. I don't think he is at all. I think he's back. And I think he's back at a lower deal than people are thinking he's going to take. And that's why. It's because the market's saturated, and he knows he can leave a legacy here and have a long-term income stream coming from it. Exactly. And validation of his career. So um, next up, so the Giants during the combine, I said we're not going to talk too much about the combine there, but they did go ahead and meet with all three of their top QB prospects. So, you know, we'll see if that means the drops about them. You know, the rumors about them dropping down to the draft. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, yeah. I'll say this. The Giants do that every year. They talk to all the top people because they want to see if they're worth trading down for. So don't take extra precedent to that this year because that's what they do. So You have to do uh, that. Yeah. I don't think it means anything extra except they're doing their due diligence, which they were going to do anyway. I'd be more pissed if they didn't talk to those guys. 100%. So I say, what yeah. kind of scouts would you have if they didn't talk to the top people at special teams? Like, yeah. God awful. Exactly. All right. Next, our annual report cards came out for all the teams, same as last year when the when they uh, they give a special hidden envelope to the players. I don't know; if it's probably online, I guess. Um, having them rank the team and how they're doing um, as far as treatment of the players, which is one thing that I'm telling you, if you don't think players will get this in free agency, you're kidding yourself. The Giants ranked number eight out of thirty-two. Not too shabby. That's still top quarter. I'll take it. Could be better. You got an A minus. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to have the A minus thing in a minute there. That's not one specific person. Mm. The only category that was very low 
was nutrition slash dietitian, 27th overall out of 32. That's not very good. Meanwhile, though, they were second in training staff, third in team travel, and Brian Dable. Why he didn't rank top five, top 10? Because some of the coaches did get an A plus. He got an A minus on the report card, which proves he hasn't lost the locker room, guys. Just more proof, because I know people love to start talking about that kind of stuff. How long before he yells at the players? They don't like him. He treats the players different. He always has. If anything, he's soft on the players, to be very frank. Yeah. He was very soft in his offseason. And they loved it, I know, but I thought he was soft. A little more hits this offseason. All right. Let's get into the NFL news, and then it's time to get out of here. All righty, so Vikings have cut Alexander Madison, so the running back market continues to get more and more saturated, as we talked about earlier. One got cut. That was him. One year's starter, about 700 yards. I mean, they had a more running back by committee, but he was their lead guy of that committee. Um, Patriots rumored that made a long-term contract to safety Kyle Duggar. We talked about him before. Interested to watch what that'll be, because, guys, if he signs a contract, that automatically sets the market for McKinney. And... If he signs a $13, $14 million contract, that, that's, that's bad for McKinney. If he signs a $19, $20 million, that's bad for the Giants. Correct. That's where we're at. Uh, Bucks are unlikely to retain linebacker Devin White. Already also cut Shaq Barrett as well, edge rusher, who hasn't been quite the same since some injuries have taken place there. So Bucks are shedding some people from those that, the super, last Super Bowl run they had there. Uh, Jets gave Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. Uh, he offered his mother to somebody else for their mother, and they turned him yeah. down. <laughs> you know, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. No, but really, no one's trading for Zach Wilson. If they do, it's going to be nothing major. You know, if you needed a backup, maybe. Say so he's going to be like the backup for Atlanta Falcons. I, I would take him as a backup, maybe, but I don't think anybody's going to give up anything of value really for him. I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for him. I really think the Jets did him wrong. You want to talk about the Giants doing Daniel Jones wrong? Zach Wilson's been done wrong. Oh, that, you know, Robert Sala's like, I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. He was in an abusive relationship with he really was. He really was. It, Especially it, this it, year. The divorce had to happen. Um, yeah. Colts are also prepping to tag Michael Pittman Jr., the wide receiver. So there goes that option for the Giants. So I would say it's well, down to Well, they came Cal- out and said that, didn't they? Yeah. So that brings us down to Calvin Ridley as our last possible option of the big three receivers. And oh, yo, well, let's see here. Jags are in contract talks with Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley Jr. If one is locked up before free agency, they could then put the tag in the other and keep them both. Uh, so, yeah, guys, this is what I said all along, all season long. People are like, oh, all these receivers are coming out in free agency. The big names, the good names don't typically make it out of where they're at. Yeah. If you're really, really good, unless you're cash trapped, they'll find a way to make it happen. So um, the Bears are expected to make their Justin Fields decision before free agency, guys. Now, free agency starts in about two weeks. So tick-tock, they're on the clock. Uh, Chiefs released Marquez Val- Valding Scandling. Now, that is a contract move based on money, but guess what, guys? He wasn't that good this year. It's also what it boils down to. With so. the best quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, we got the end of some wide receiver rumors as well. People last week were all excited. So Devontae Adams of the Raiders, Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, are said to not be on the trading block, according to their prospective GMs, after the rumors to the contrary, guys. So those of you guys that were doing all these Twitter and Facebook posts of Justin Jefferson in a Giants uniform, this is why I'm telling you right now, 
the second I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, I don't need to take anything this person says with a grain of salt. If any nope. of you thought Justin Jefferson was actually going to be traded, no. Just you keep don't on let, scrolling. Just keep on scrolling. You don't let the best wide receiver in the entire game leave your room when you control him. You don't. Not going to happen. So you figure it out. Yeah. All righty, guys. So we're going to go ahead and head on out here for the evening while I still have somewhat of a voice. Appreciate you all for listening in. Again, apologize for the quality, sound quality here of my voice the way it is. Uh, we record again on Monday, so I should be good to go by then. I would think three days. Who was that boy? The karaoke bars this weekend. Make no promises. It's my help. My screamo. My help. My screamo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that actually hurt doing that even. So no, that's not going to work. Um, so yeah, we'll see you guys again. As always, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter slash X, Twitch, Instagram. And, of course, Rob's favorite. I linked it Drew's LinkedIn. Oh, yes. And we're always, of course, available the next day on all the audio podcast platforms. Usually hits around 5 a.m. Uh, that's on iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Amazon, all the big ones there. So appreciate you guys listening as always. And as always, Giant fans. Go, go G-Man. Go, G-Man. Thanks for listening to Two Giant Goofballs, a New York Giants podcast. We appreciate your support. If you made it this long, you must have enjoyed it. So I am sure you have followed us on all the social media platforms. Of course, you have subscribed to the show on your favorite app as well and given us a top rating. Right? 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 Right?